For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango and jeff burton from 1057 the point and our homeboy former blue defenseman jamie rivers also team member down at 101 espn gentlemen uh, i was going to make the kind of bad joke that no blues player had been hurt since the last time we had a podcast but that would be untrue Oops. because marco marco scandella got hurt but holy smokes this is something like I've never seen before as a sports fan. Like, not only the number of injuries, but these aren't, not that any injury is insignificant, but like, there's big, lots of big players that are out. I don't know how, as a Blues fan, you could be mad about almost anything that's happening right Donnie, now. Donnie, are you kidding me? Do you not have Twitter? Yeah, yeah, no. Fire the coach is what they say. Yeah, I saw that. Trade oh everybody, gosh, yeah. fire the coach. Is it time for Baruby to be let go? Dude. I almost, almost fell out of the couch onto the floor and tripped on my beer bottles. I, I could not believe wow. somebody had written that so soon. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have all your damn players. It's not even, it, this is not a coaching thing. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what land you live in that you would think that this is a coaching thing. This, this is the people that hated the jerseys, too, probably, right? Same same hockey these, IQ? I, I don't know, oh, man. I, like I feel the like these... So. these oh, you didn't? I don't know what you're oh, trying boy. to say. I feel like these people, like, like unless the Blues, like, you know, like, go on a 10-game winning streak, lose one, do another 10, lose... Like, that they're never going to be freaking happy. I mean, for Christ's sake, look who's injured, and then you... Throw that on Barubi, get the hell out of here, nope. man. That's drunk talk, man. Well, it probably is drunk talk. Yeah. And when people are reading that after, they're probably reading drunk at the same time, which is a bad combo for social right. media. Sure, yeah. Right. Two drunkies, um, yeah. So the next day, I thought to myself, let me revisit this just mentally. And I was hoping, and I don't know, maybe this person listens to the Last Minute Blues podcast, and, and maybe they're like, oh, boy, that was me. Hope they don't roast me too bad. Maybe. I'm willing to give a yellow card here instead of a red card on the fact that you were just throwing it out there, like a question. Like maybe they're not totally, not educated, but totally in the hockey world or how it works. And they're like, is it time for Craig Berube to be let go? Or has he lost the room? You know, sometimes we ask those questions if we're sitting around a bunch of dudes and I don't know anything about Let's say a certain band, right? right. Was well, it time for that lead singer to get kicked out of the band? And you'd be like, "Wow!" So, right. it's a, so it's a hockey curiosity, but not, not as hoping, much knowledge as you would think. Jeff, I'm hoping yeah. that it was a hockey curiosity thing and not a statement. They didn't have punctuation, which we uh, know in this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. The question mark, and by all means, the LOL is the savior. Yeah, absolutely that so. That is true. That's I just, true. I, it, it, I don't know, man. It's just kind of befuddling to me because even though I don't know a lot about professional soccer, if I saw your professional soccer team had nine freaking players or whatever the hell it was that was injured, I'd go, well, that's probably why yeah, they're losing, not because of the damn coach. This is probably a person that looks at the win-loss record and also says, well, obviously, Bennington's got to go or something. Well, they, don't, they don't realize that he's actually keeping 
keeping in them in these two to one, one nothing, two nothing games, that sort of thing. I want to get back to the coach because I heard him on with you guys on one one on the fast lane, and it was a and I've only heard him just that time on with two you to guys. six daily, by the yeah. way. Yes, Monday through Friday, one on one ESPN, and uh, he's a jokeable guy, right? He's he's light, right? Because Chief you, is awesome. Because you brought up the you brought up the the beaver tail or whatever it was, yeah. and something else, and he kind of played along a little bit, but I don't know much about his personality. Look, Chief is a former hockey player, and he was one of the favorite guys in the locker room all the time as a player. He loves to laugh. He loves to sit around, joke, and, and, you know, have beers and do all that stuff. Chief is, I mean, you talk about a regular, everyday guy. In that setting, though. In on, that setting. During an interview on the radio, he'll joke around and stuff Yeah, like yeah. That. Well, yeah. it's. I think it's a little easier. Uh, one, he and I played against each other right. quite a bit right. back in the day. And so there is that level of comfort of knowing, okay, you know, Riv's not going to sewer me here on the sure. radio. Because let's be honest. Coming on with us yesterday, probably not the easiest thing to do when you've lost three in a row and four out of your last five. I was very impressed with the fact that you went in with a little bit of humor uh, with a guy that obviously is on edge right now, or could be, has a reason to be. I you got to go in with a little humor, yeah. right? Because what, oh, do you sure. want to hit the guy in the forehead with a cocky question? <laughs> Coach, what about the power play? He's right. going to be like, oh my God. Right, right, right. If I hear this one more time. Can we just slow this down well, just yeah. a little? And it was so nice I thought to... we'd talk about Beaver. I it, thought it was and much it was better. Nice. And that's always a good subject, because we're all into animals. Uh, here in the Midwest, and there's a lot of woods and stuff. But the reason why that struck me was a million years ago with Tony La Russa and Albert Pujols. And Pujols, I think, was pretty young in his career with the Cardinals. He came, La Russa came on the old morning show with me, and I set him up for a joke. I was like, because they were coming out of spring training, and I said, you know, have you decided who's going to be playing the one bag yet? You know, oh, that boy. who's going to be starting at first? Well, that's the dumbest thing in the world. Obviously, Pujols will be my first baseman coming out of spring training. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I've got okay. a, I've got a fun one. Cool. Tony told me he didn't like you. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. I've that's got fun. I've got I've got one for him too. <laughs> so one year for one year, uh, I got to go down to spring training and cover the the team for the station. And we had 15 minutes as a group with uh with Skip, with Tony LaRussa. All right. All of these all of these people that are in the group with me are asking these stupid fluff questions about animals sure. and you know, things that Tony LaRussa would like to talk about. Sure. So I take it upon my young 20-something self to go, you know, I want to know about this prospect and this prospect and this prospect. I still can feel his hate burning through my face. (laughs) Like, he was, I mean, he answered the question, but you could tell that, like, he knew that we were not sports folks. He knew that this was a group of, like, you know, kind of an outsider. And he was not a fan (laughs) of real (laughs) baseball talk in that particular situation. I was like, oh. All right, well, okay. learning experience, yeah, we you. learn. You yeah, know. and then the next time you went down there, how'd it go? Oh, uh, yeah, I haven't been there. Oh, yeah. Well, at least you got your answer, <laughs> yeah, hey, right? Well, and I, got my, I do want to bring up one thing about Coach Berube, though, real quick. Can I say something real yes. quick? Just to put a bow on what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is Chief, when you talk about being lighthearted and not being too serious, and then you know, not coming out of the gates with hockey, 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 Chief likes humor that is organic. Doesn't want to be asked what his favorite color is. Doesn't want to be asked if he likes the weather outside. That, I can tell you right now, you're going to get the look, and it's going to be like, really? Mm. Why are you wasting my time here? Good. Have something that's, you know, fun, appropriate to either him or the sport, and then make sure you do your research on your hockey stuff. That's the one thing that coaches appreciate is when they get a question that has been researched, that is backed up with some facts, some numbers, and maybe your own a little bit of an opinion before you ask the question 
That way the coach goes, okay, so this is where this person, they are mentally. Well, they're either right or they're wrong, right? And here's what I'm going to tell them. Yes, you're right. Or no, this is what we're looking to do. It makes it so much easier for the coach to explain things rather than how come you haven't scored much these days? Well, the puck didn't go in the net. Right. right. Would be, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. The goalie has made a lot of saves. Yeah. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, one of the things that we have talked about throughout the course of our podcast is when Coach Barubi says something in the media, it is it, 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 there is a reason for it. There's not throwaway lines that come from him. And one of the things that he said, I think, after the game on Tuesday was something to the Zoom reporters, something to the effect of, I haven't lost faith in this team, maybe yeah. some of you guys have, but I have not. Wow! And that, to me, seemed like a pointed statement for him to be making in the media to just probably essentially reassure the team, guys, I know what the hell's going on here. I got your back. I think that was a double down. And, and what I mean by that is letting the team know, because you know that's coming back. Someone, One of those reporters in the Zoom is going to say, or repeat that statement. Or the players will read it on, on social media. I mean, there's a number of them that have them. The ones who say they don't definitely have burner accounts and they're looking at things <laughs> all the time. It just it is what it is. Curiosity. And right now, when there's nothing to do, you're looking on social media. Let's sure. just be honest. Yeah. So, one, the message to his team. And then also the message to the media, too. Yeah, don't you guys go cooking up some articles or some you know some pieces here talking about how this team is is done, and the coaches lost confidence in the players. It was a, not a warning shot because that's not how Chief operates. But it was a statement like, "I've got my teams back." So if you have any questions from here on out that you're trying to ask me about that, uh, uh-uh, I've got all confidence in these guys. That's got to be so huge and just so comforting to play for a guy that you know has your back. Yeah, it as is. opposed to the opposite, a coach that wouldn't have your back. Yeah, like Mike Babcock. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Old chapstick himself. Yeah, oh. man. And I, I saw another interview with him this I, week. The way he's handling things is that not just obnoxious? Unbelievable. It, it really, he's literally challenging, basically saying that it, it, it's not true. What he says, it just doesn't smell right. Listen, here's my thing, man. Because people have accused him of being a you know bad person and right, bullying right. and all this awful stuff that he does to young players and old players and everybody who work at the rink, all that stuff. He's never been a great guy, right? He's like, oh, it just it just doesn't uh, doesn't smell right or it doesn't taste right because it, basically trying to allude to the fact that he's being purposely run out of the game, dude. Own your stuff, man. Right. Just own it. And that's and that's where I really that's where I really get uh, get pissy when it comes to to some of these like apologies and things because listen, man, if you're not sorry, then don't then don't say it. Right. Don't don't try to don't try to come up with ways where you kind of say you're sorry but you're really not and that to me is what he's doing and it's and it's really obnoxious to me. I, I think it's really obvious when somebody's doing what Babcock is doing because he's just using catchphrases. Mm-hmm. Oh, this doesn't smell right. Oh, the optics here aren't You know what I mean? But, but he's not saying anything to defend himself. Well, then he, what he does is he defends the actions a little bit saying that Look, everybody has their own way of, of handling things, of motivating players. And, you know, times are, require different behavior. And, and then he goes on to say, did I, did I cross the line a couple of times? Well, yeah, I probably did. I probably did. You okay. know, like probably. That's the word. Probably. So, so he's basically saying, well, maybe I didn't, but maybe I did. And, and then goes on. Like he's on his trying to be on his redemption tour right now because he's been back on TV. And now he's going to imagine this. 
They've employed him now to be the head coach of a university hockey team in Saskatchewan. I, I saw that. What a weird... For like a year. So it's just a year. And he's picking... Mike Babcock is in charge of picking the assistant coach that's going to take over for him. So here's what I get out of it is that he's going for a year to try and prove he can play nice with young people because he's always had trouble with young players. Oh. And then he's hoping probably throw his hat back in the ring for an NHL coaching job. To me, what doesn't pass the smell test is that stuff. Mm. Why would you even do that if you're a Stanley Cup winner? Because he's trying to... Well, well right. Oh, the, what do they call that? The image makeover? Yeah, or, the rehabilitation yeah. tour. Yeah, the something like that. Redemption. Yeah, redemption tour. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. You think, you think it's going to work? Because you know this guy... A lot better than obviously us and a lot of people. Will this work? I mean, is it is it a to the end? The NFL seems more like a place, and maybe the NBA too. Although I don't know a whole lot about basketball, that will give piece of crap people head coaching jobs just because I think you can make me win. I'm going to look past all this stuff. Yeah. Will he get another chance right away? He might. I don't know about right away, but he might. I mean, it depends on the team, depends on the ownership, the organization. You know, the NHL is really trying to head in a, in a positive direction. Uh, they've got uh, a lot of coaching staffs have women on board now. A couple of women are player development and, and skills coaches and scouts. And you just name it, right? And uh, people of color are getting jobs behind the bench and serious consideration in major jobs, which is great. I don't know if allowing somebody back in who you know, has sent Johan Franzen into retirement because of so much anxiety caused by playing for this individual. I don't know if that's the right look, uh, specifically when the guy shows very little to no remorse about it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. To me, it's just a situation where I'd look at it and I'd go, okay, is it worth the, is, is the risk worth the reward here? Right. And is there not a young coach out there that, we could maybe give some more time to that were positive would have a different effect on our young players. Because let's be honest, the NHL, the age of the players is trending downward mm-hmm. and you're going to have to have somebody who can work well with those people. And he ain't him. Wow. He certainly was. And so, so the difference between a guy like Babcock and a guy like somebody we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I stuttered through it for about 20 minutes, uh, John Tortorella in, in Columbus. So obviously Torts, although in the media, whatever, he comes off, you know, cranky and whatever. But the players, obviously, the ones seemingly that he can connect with, they love him to pieces and want to play for him. And it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of people or any people that have came back and said, oh, what they're saying about my Mike Babcock is wrong. Right. I love yeah, playing for him. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I don't feel like I've heard anybody stick up for him that way. And then when I see, like, Mike Commodore, do you follow him on Twitter? I do not. Oh, baby. He also not a Mike Babcock fan oh, really? at all. No, no. Uh, Kami's a great dude. And by he the seems way. that way, too. He's incredible a great guy. Horrible no, nickname, clearly. Yeah, but. clearly. <laughs> um, but no, he's a guy that there's probably not a guy in the NHL that doesn't like Mike Commodore. He's that kind of guy. And uh, Jeff O'Neill, as well, up in Canada, played uh, in Hartford and Carolina for yeah. a number of years, oh, Toronto. Yeah. He went off the other day, too. On Mike Babcock, and they've got a huge show in Toronto. Him and Jamie McLennan and Brian Hayes. It's called Overdrive TSN. It's the, the afternoon drive in Toronto. Wow. Like, it's massive. Yeah. And he was, like, not having it. He was not impressed with the way Babcock is going about this and let just let it fly. And so, you know what? There's a lot more people speaking out right now, basically saying, I don't really like, you know, this angle that he's taking with it. Um, but to your point originally, John Tortorella – He's not for everybody, okay? Right. He is abrasive. 
He is old school military type, you know, but at least he's honest. Okay. And if he doesn't like you, he tells you, I don't really like you. Okay. Um, but I think you're a good player or whatever, or it just it doesn't work all the time. We've all had people in life where we work with them and it just, it's not going to be great. It just, that's the way it is. Yeah, you're going to be coworkers. That's it. Yeah. Um, but at least, you know, like Torch never goes around and works the behind the back channels and Torch never purposely tries to screw you or your family over or mess up your life or mentally friggin' abuse you. Doesn't do that. It's straightforward. Like it's right down Broadway with Torts. Like if he doesn't like you, be like, yeah, you know what, Riv? I just don't like you. Okay. Well, at least you know. Thanks. You know what, Torts? I don't really like you either. Well, good. But I need you to play hard. Right. Okay? Let's go win a hockey game together. All right. Beers? Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good. He seems a bit condescending, but if, if it works, it works, I guess. You know? Yeah. It is what it is with Torch. But he, for a guy, are we talking about stuck on this subject a little bit here? Sorry, man. No, no, no. That's me. I'm just fascinated by the hotheads. No, it's fine. Um, he he got gassed in Vancouver because of his, you know, he's just way too abrasive with the younger players. And new generation is, it's just different. Whether you like it or not, doesn't matter. It's different. And Torch had to go home while he was fired and kind of re reinvent himself as a coach to where he stays true to who he is, but is definitely more aware of the modern-day athlete, and he did, and he's been in Columbus for a long time now. And a sharp dresser, too. Oh, yeah. Very I like that he's getting away from the shirt and tie. Yeah, I know. Me, too. I bet that's I like one of the, the things I was thinking of. quarter zip and the jacket. Kind of looks like a James Bondish back there. He looks right. like a, a suave Henry Winkler. Okay, Take you're, a look you're at looking time. a little too much. Before, no, seriously, Jeff, if you notice his left eyebrow. No, no, okay, <laughs> before we get the emails, I want to bring up, uh, because we did touch on all of the injuries and everything, the dude that they brought up from, is it Utica? Is that how you say it? Uh, is it his? How do you say his last name? Because it's spelled like A N A S or something like that. Or is oh, this anus, anus. He's twenty-seven years old. I don't know if that's how you say it either. I, don't know I just either. thought it'd be fun. So <laughs> close, poor guy. Yeah, uh, but I don't that's know if you if you're familiar with it. I just saw the call up, but you if, got call up to the taxi squad, right? Oh, it was just a taxi yeah, squad. Yeah, just a oh, taxi okay, squad. Okay. Move, I believe. I'm less concerned then because I'm thinking that the injuries are so bad. We're calling up a twenty-seven-year-old who's never played in the NHL. Yeah, no, he scored got- a ton of points last year, and he's he's, he's doing well right now. But my first thought was a 27-year-old who's never seen the show. We're in trouble right now. But yeah. just Taxi Squad. Just Taxi Squad as far as I know. Uh, Nathan Walker is back now. He'll be activated for the game against the Sharks. Um, and he's a little fire plug, man. Mm-hmm. Little Australian kid. He was I know you're a fan. I remember you're a fan of him. Born in Wales. And then his family moved to Australia. Grew up playing ice hockey in Australia. And has made his way all the way to the NHL. He's a big scorer. It's a big score. In the minors, in the American Hockey League, he had 19 goals in San Antonio. I think he had like uh, 38 points in 46 games. Wow. Like it's, he's only like 5'8". And it depends on what shoes he's wearing. <laughs> I know how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like 5'8", not a, not a big guy, but he's not afraid to get in there and grind. He's a little buzzsaw. I'm telling you what, he's a little spark of energy that I think could help the Blues. Very good. Well, guys, we have got another pile of emails. Like, a ton That's of emails great. this week. Fantastic. So, as always, send them our way, lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. That's lmbp at 1057thepoint.com. This one coming from Jeff. Hello, gentlemen, and Jeff. 
Love the podcast. <laughs> Two questions. Your turn. And I love how he phrases this. Uh, wonder what your thoughts are on Zach Sanford. Is he a poor man's Patrick Berglund? I'm sure St. Louis couldn't imagine a worse version of Bergie. I, for one, never really hated him. I think he's talking about Berglund in that, in, in that instance. Anyways, the Sandman seems like a player that sort of mimics the big Swede style, and he can even play great for a week and then plays less than desirable for the next few weeks. Hell, even wears the reverse Bergie sweater number. Um, Question two. <laughs> Are there any well chances the Blues re-sign Hoffman, especially with the expansion draft, hopefully taking someone off the roster, freeing up some money? Does a hopeful Bennington signing raise, plus probably a flat cap again, uh, kill all that chance to re-sign Hoffman? I'll hang up and listen. That's from Krenny. What that's a great, a great email. email. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's that a fantastic email. Can I answer the first part? You can answer the, whatever you want. I know, Donnie. but I know no. he's always asking you. No, get buck wild, no, no, I don't need to get buck wild yet. Uh, but... but Yes. He's saying the same thing about Zach Sanford that we've all said. Yeah, absolutely. We see a game or two where you're like, oop, boop, 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 boop. that's what we want to see. But then it's long stretches where I feel like the guy kind of straight legs it sometimes too. And maybe that's not the case. But like, there are just times where I will look on the ice and I feel like there's other people doing things. And Zach kind of has his own situation going on at that moment. What He's I, frustrating to in me. In my right head, now. when I think of a positive Zach Sanford playing hockey, I see his soft hands. I see him dusting off the puck. I see the passes that I've seen him make in the playoffs a couple of years ago, last year, even behind the net stuff, that sort of thing. And I see him shooting, and I don't see him doing any of those things right now. Oh, and he's always got to have a toe drag. I feel like there's always has to be a toe but drag associated. In the past, with, it's with worked his, for with, him, with, with this, uh, But I'm just saying, like, I would think that that would be preventable. But I feel like this dude, unless there is a massive turnaround – that this guy is yeah. is not here next year. I agree. Period. And, and I wonder what story. Jamie over there thinks. Yeah, we could ask him. He knows hey, a little Jamie, bit about hockey. What do you think is Zach Sanford? <laughs> well, I think you guys. Uh, uh, next email. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you guys are right. Inconsistency has been his enemy. And to our our emailers' point, um, quite honestly, people used to crap on Patrick Berglund. Patrick Berglund was a hell of a player, mm-hmm. and he was inconsistent. And because of his size. People thought he should be a lot more ferocious, but it just wasn't him, right? Mm-hmm. It's like saying Colton Pareko should be ferocious. He's just not. Right. And so Berkey took a lot of heat because the way he played, he was very smooth and it looked like he it was effortless looking, so it looked like there was no effort involved. Uh, but Patrick Berglund, if you go back and look at his numbers, even though he's not the superstar we would have liked to have, he was a really good player and a really good centerman, and he penalty killed. He did some great things internationally playing for Team Sweden. I mean, this guy has accolades. So I'm not ready to even give Sanford that comparison because I think Patrick Berglund is head and shoulders above what Zach Sanford is. I understand the comparison for sure, and I appreciate the uh, investigating on the numbers, the reverse jersey. Yeah, that's impressive. That's, impressive. that's a nice little tidbit I, that this podcast <laughs> would not have school. picked up on <laughs> right, otherwise. Right. Um, but, yeah, the inconsistencies of Zach Sanford and – you know, whether there's toe drags or not, I get what you're saying, Donnie. It's always one more little thing. And, Jeff, I understand what you're saying. Why don't you just skate down the wing, shoot the puck, and drive the net? Because you're six foot four, 220 pounds, and you do have great abilities. These freaking men! Yeah, yeah, that's it. So there, yeah, that's the frustration, well, guys. And happens? if he doesn't change that, then, then he'll end up being a guy that goes from team to team to team to team. Because he'll always have enough ability to make the team, but he'll never have enough consistency to stay in an important role. Wow. Uh, what about uh, part two of that question with Hoffman and the Blues' ability to re-sign? 
That's going to be tricky. Uh, I don't think Mike Hoffman is more than a year plan for the Blues. Let's not forget Jaden Schwartz is unrestricted. And if you compare the two players, as much as Mike Hoffman has scored some goals in the NHL, Jaden Schwartz fits the Blues style of play much better. So if I'm going to go $6 million to $7 million on a player, I'm going to go with Jaden Schwartz on that one. And Mike Hoffman, we've helped him. You know, he's stayed in the league and he's put up some numbers. And heck, he might end up having fantastic numbers. If that's the case, then he'll get his money somewhere else. And I saw or I heard on 101 on ESPN, it was either you guys or the show before you. I can't remember which. The startling numbers uh, win-loss record when Schwartz is out. I was of just going to say that, man. Redonkulous. Yeah, he's uh, he's a guy that for whatever reason when he's in the lineup, I shouldn't say for whatever reason, well, we know what he brings to Everything. the lineup. Everything. He's one, I say this all the time, guys love him. They love him. The, the, his teammates can't say one negative thing about Jaden Schwartz. In fact, maybe he's goofy from time to time, but that's like it's a brother that's mm-hmm. goofy, right? But he, his, his energy, his speed, his determination, his checking, his willingness to get to the front of the net, all the things, willingness to play defense, willingness to back check. I mean, he checks all the boxes. You know, could he score more goals? I think if we're going to be that way, right, if we're going to sit here and go, hey, you know what, we need to really dive into this. Yeah, he could score more goals because he gets a lot of opportunities and he does finish, but sometimes he has patches to where he goes without a goal. That would be my only complaint. Right. If I'm Doug Armstrong, and Army has said this on on our show, that his desire is to re-sign uh, Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Bennington. Now, that's his desire. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but usually you don't even get that much out of Army. Usually Army says, well, we're handling that internally, and uh, you'll know when you know. Right. Very good. Let's move on. Email here from uh, JB. He says, hey, ladies, with the upcoming Seattle expansion draft, (laughs) who do you think the Blues protect? Second question, if you were Armstrong, who would you protect? Uh, uh, Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. That is from JB. Wow. Mm. You know what? Let's do this with that one. Let's. Let's table that one. Okay. Okay. So JB, we'll get that. We'll get to that on our next podcast. All right. Uh, reason being is that'll give us plenty of time to, to kind of think on it. Pull up the roster and make sure we don't forget somebody. I would like to make sure I know the rules on unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, how that works. So, so JB, tune into the next one. Yeah. We're just going to put a pin in it for you, JB. We're going to just hold it over here, nice and safe in this little spot. We're even going to tuck it in, put a little blanket on it. Yeah, I'll fold yeah. it up nicely. Yeah, and we'll take care of that on uh, Monday's episode of Last Minute Blues Podcast, where we can give it give it a true, give it the attention it deserves. All right, very good, very good. Hey, fellas, thank you for restructuring the podcast and putting out two episodes a week. My email was the first email ever read on Last Minute Blues Podcast. Right, the huh? email unearthed the Rivers Keenan story. I'm sending this email to hopefully continue the great trend, and it ties to Tuesday's talk about cursing. Now for my story. I, this is awesome. And this is from Jordan, by the way. I played hockey growing up uh, for Kirkwood Stars and later for my high school. I went to high school at Marquette. I graduated in 2007. Our home ice uh, was the now defunct Hardy's Ice Complex in Chesterfield. As a sophomore, I was quietly changing after a practice with the varsity team listening to the seniors ramble on. One of the rambunctious seniors was going on and on and on about some story using a ton of explicit language. This senior couldn't see the entrance to the locker room. About a minute later, Hall of Famer Al McGinnis poked his head in our locker room and asked us very nicely to watch the volume of the language being used because he was coaching what I assume was his son's team of eight-year-olds. The senior then yells, who the F was that? And the locker room erupts in laughter and yelling in response, Al McGinnis. That's great. But you know what, man? Like, 
a little part of me feels sort of bad for the high school kid throwing around the F-bombs in the locker room because you think of all the places that you're safe to do that, yeah. that could be one of the places. Yeah, it's literally like a locker room in <laughs> right. here is what people say. And then you got Al McGinnis walking in. I have a great story about Al McGinnis from the uh, from the Hardy's Ice Complex. I was watching a friend's son play hockey out there, and it was, I think it was the game before us. Or No, my, my friend's son was playing on Al McGinnis' son's team. It was uh, Junior Blues, I guess. They have the Blues Yeah, uh, Triple A Blues. Yeah. No names on the back, by the way, because Al McKinnis' son was playing on the team at the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Would you want your son's last name on the back? You know, you Al, want Al Al's quirky like that. Even yeah. when the whole team will have the names, he won't put the name plate on his kid's back. Right, yeah. Makes sense to me. And he is now, he's getting a cup of coffee, isn't he, that son? Oh, well, he's got a couple of them. Uh, his oldest son, Ryan, is a cup of coffee. How old would he be? Because the... Um, 25, 26 okay, now? Yeah, then it's the same guy then. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, was in Columbus right now. He had a couple of games last year. Just great kids. Okay. His daughter, Lauren, is going to Northeastern University as a hockey player. Yeah. Again, a, a wonderful kid. And Riley uh, is still playing, I believe, junior hockey now. Um, just a great kid, too. Awesome family. So you know how when Al speaks, people give him the floor. So he's coaching this team, and there was a, there's one guy out there refing because, you know, they were 10 or whatever it was at the time. I don't know how old they were. And and this ref made a call that Al did not agree with. <laughs> and the place is packed, and it's silent because Al calls the ref over. Al McGinnis is going to talk to this ref. <laughs> Everybody is just – and he you can hear Al McGinnis say to this ref, I've been in hockey for a very long time. And I've never seen a call as bad as <laughs> Can you imagine as a probably 20-year-old reffing 12-year-olds, I would have just taken my skates off at center ice and said, you're right, and I would have just gone off in the sunset. I felt so bad for that kid. It's oh, true. It's, it's hard, right? But like, he didn't say it in a mean way. It's just what he said. You get the two, the refs that either um, – will respect that or you get the other ones that are like oh I don't care and the like the next call is going to be even worse type yeah. thing right but I do miss it's funny with the Hardy's Iceplex I do miss that place now we have some fantastic facilities okay modern facilities the Maryville University uh, rink in Chesterfield which is the the new Chesterfield rink it's phenomenal they did mm-hmm. a great job in Centene Ice Center community ice center where the Blues are I mean that's just a small city it's incredible right. over there but I do miss the um, the family atmosphere of Hardee's to where you had the one big lobby. And as alumni guys, we had alumni locker room, but it was located all the way through to the back. And so we would have to walk through the halls of the locker rooms and we saw people and, and got to talk to kids. And so that one instance, Al pops his head and says, hey, guys, watch the language. Right. But there's so many times we got to stop in the hallway and talk to kids or – you know, whatever. There was so much opportunity to interact with these young hockey players. It was really cool. That yeah. was awesome. really, really cool. That, that was a neat place. I definitely missed there. You know, I want to throw this in there real quick. I read this a couple of weeks ago, and I meant to bring this up on the on on the podcast. I saw something about Lindenwood University looking like they are going to be moving up their hockey program to a Division One hockey program. Yeah, they've been trying to do this for twenty years. Oh, I'd say. Wow. Um, Rick Zombo. Oh, no kid old, number four. Old Zoms, yeah. He's been working with that team. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I think of Rick Zombo, I'm sure he had a great playing career, and he's had a bit of a coaching career as well. But all I think of is him slashing the ref because he slashed a ref one time and got a penalty. The ref deserved it. <laughs> so Zoms is one of the best guys ever, by the way. I love Rick Zombo. He's just a great dude. And 
He's been working hard with Lindenwood University for years now. He's elevated that program to where they were Division One club team, which means they're not part of the official NCAA uh, Division One. They're just below it. It's club hockey. Okay. And uh, they've been petitioning for years. But the number one thing that they had going against them, you don't have a facility. Mm-hmm. So to be a Division One hockey team, true Division One, you have to have something that you can hold at least 2,500 fans. And so when the Centene Community Ice Center was being put up, Lindenwood University put some money into that place to make it their home, their home rink. And so they have their locker rooms there, their training facility, and the main rink where Jeff, uh, I don't know if you were there, Donnie, but remember we had the alumni yeah, all-star yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pa- we packed a lot of people in that rink that it was night. huge, yeah. It, it was, was fantastic. Yeah, and so it's set up perfect to where – now they can officially put their name in the hat as far as we'd like to become a, D- a Division One hockey team, and they're getting it. They're going to get it. And then so we'll have, like, Michigan, Michigan State, and, you know, Penn State. They're all going to come down here and play, which, by the way, guys, St. Louis should have had a D1 team eons ago. Yeah. Especially with – can you imagine, okay? And I do this – I did this in my head a while back. When I was starting to get into coaching after my playing career, I thought, what would be a great job – to have like coaching the NHL would be great, but then you guys know I decided against that. Right, it's too much of a carousel. I'd have to move all over the country all the time, or all over Canada, or the U.S. Because you know the day you're hired is one day closer to being fired, right. and that's just the way it is. So I thought to myself, okay, what can I do here? And obviously, we had St. Charles Chill came through here with a quick swoop, and it was gone. But then I often wondered about Division One hockey, and talked to a number of people. Had a meeting with SLU because they. Because they have a D1 basketball team and because they had a D1 hockey program eons ago, all they had to do was put in the paperwork and mm-hmm. they would have been okay. So I tried to get them to get on board. And when they built the Shafitz, for whatever reason, somebody made the decision not to build it to where you could have a hockey rink in there. So there goes the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, a- anyways, to, to put a bow on this story, this was before um, – Matthew Kachuk, Luke Cunning, Clayton Keller, Logan Brown, all those kids that came through here, never mind Brady Kachuk and the other wave of kids that are coming up right now, that was before all of them. They were just in high school, like ninth or 10th grade. So my plan was, can you imagine if we put together a program and you just, you inserted all of these kids, scholarship them. Keep them in town. Keep them in St. Louis playing D1 hockey. That program would have skyrocketed. Right away, yeah. right away. People have been like, okay, I want to go watch all the local kids. And because those kids were so good, it would have been like, oh, my God, this team would have been competitive immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, coulda, shoulda, woulda, it didn't happen. I'm really, really, really pumped now that Lindenwood is going to have that ability. And hopefully that Coach Zombo is a big part of it. Hopefully they keep him on. Sometimes these programs, bigger program, they look for a bigger whatever. Sure. Zoms deserves to be the head coach until until he does something that makes him not be the head coach. But all he's done with the team that he's had is produce a winning team every year, and he's got a couple of national championships at that level. And he's one of the main reasons that uh, this is going to happen is because he's been pushing this along for so long. And God so. love him, parents. You get to keep your kid in town now, that, too. Man, you that's know? That's, yeah, it's great. And yeah, it's they gonna... live on campus, right? Yeah. So this is what I try to sell to kids all the time is picking somewhere local to play or close to local is you get to live on campus, right? So you're not at home. You get the college experience, but then you're 25 minutes from home, 10 yeah. minutes from home, and right. all your family and friends can come watch the games. And 
That's like, built-in ticket sales. Like, what a great <laughs> yeah. way to to go through college. Yeah. I, I when I was reading that, uh, that, you know, that blurb about Lindenwood, I was like, man, I would buy, I would buy season tickets yeah. to that. Yeah. That would that got me so excited to know that that you know that that kind of level of, of of college hockey would be coming here. And again, just what it says about hockey in St. Louis in general is very exciting. Yeah, I agree. And SLU and Lindenwood and was it Maryville also? Was that who used to play up at the Hardy's Ice Complex? I used to see up there all the time. Was it, um, was it Mizzou and and a couple other like colleges like that that had? Yeah, they'd that. come in every now and then. They'd have a. Like the club championship, like maybe the, that's the what ACHA it was. ACHA championship. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Um, but yeah, SLU played out at Webster Groves, and all these programs had their little spot. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nice to see that there's one of these programs that hopefully gets elevated to the big dance, and and then we can have that kind of hockey coming through here. Absolutely. Another email here. This one. Coming. Oh, by the way, sorry. Oh, no, I can't do this. I can't forget this. The Lindenwood Women's Program, women's hockey, is D one official. Oh, okay. it is official. It has been for a long time, That's and awesome. because their requirements for uh, an arena weren't quite as big, so they've been D one, and they were operating out of the Wentzville rink for for years, and now that program has also moved to. Centene, oh, and nice. so the women's Division One. Now they're going to reap the benefits of that nice facility too. So it's just awesome all across the great. board. That's, That's great. great. Uh, it's a, this one from uh, Leonard. Uh, Leonard from uh, Australia. Hello, gents. Good day from an Aussie Good Blues day. fan. Uh, I heard an email from the UK from a UK fan the other day, so I feel you needed some Aussie flavor. Nice. My question is about the Warrior, our Swiss Army knife. Oscar Sundquist. In the first game of the year, he plays as a top six forward, scores two goals. He then goes back down to his usual spot, and he does what he does best, makes life hard for the opposition. Now, given the situation we're in offensively right now, what do you think about moving Sonny up in the lineup for a few games? Also hoping Nathan Walker gets in the lineup soon. He doesn't offer anything, quote, unique, but he's a battler and has a bit and has a bit of gumption. Lastly, I know Jamie used to do this on another podcast, but I think we need some story time with Uncle Creepy. Uh, love your work and passion. Let's go, Blues. That's uh, in regards or regards from Leonard Pagula. Thank you, Leonard. Hey, thank you, Leonard. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think Leonard follows me on Twitter. I, the name is very, very familiar, so uh, it's great to get an email from. So it's good to hear from you, Leonard. Yeah, look, Sonny, it's tough, right? Because when when the Blues were clicking, there was no spot for Sonny in the top six. And now, if you move Sonny to the top six, what are you leaving in your bottom six? Right. Right? So if you watch last game, Craig Berube took Cairo off of the O'Reilly-Perron line. Mm-hmm. And put him back with Shannon Hoffman and made some changes there. Why? Because you needed more balance. Because that game, the first game against the Kings, the O'Reilly line was the only one that did anything. And the stats, I don't have them with me today, but it was it was astronomical to see how many chances they created and they gave up next to nothing. And then the rest of the Blues lineup was, was not great. So Craig Bruby has to create some balance. And having Oscar Sundquist... Uh, as your third-line center, that creates balance. He's still on the power play. You know, they moved him there, and he got a goal uh, last game. But, you know, Sonny kind of dried up a little bit. I love Sonny, and mm-hmm. he does everything, and he's got the heart of a lion and block shots and does all that great stuff. But he had two goals the first game and hadn't scored since until last game. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Sometimes that tells a story. Not the story that he's not good, just he's not scoring. Can I ask a question about um, young player development while this madness, injury madness is going on. How can you adequately 
judge those guys and what they have done when they're not playing with the regular team where they're essentially playing with a mass unit. Like, that has to be tough, and, and it has to kind of change how you would, would view their play, yes or no? I call it like bonus time, okay? So if you're a guy that, like Austin Pagansky, he wasn't going to see the lineup unless, and I always say this, and it's it's awful, but unless there's like, you know, some pandemic that hits the team, and it's like crazy that now we're dealing in a pandemic world. Um, <laughs> but that it just wasn't going to see the lineup unless that happened. And, well, so it happened, and now he's in there all the time. So what do you expect? It's bonus time. He's getting free reps in the NHL, and at the same time you're trying to mold him into what you think he can be as an NHLer, so that when he does get his real time to be in the NHL, which once everybody is healthy and back, when he comes back, he's got a comfort level. He knows what he's doing and he knows his role and he can fulfill that need. And then you always hope that that player can reach a little farther as far as their abilities are concerned. So, um, yeah, so that's the plan is give these guys on the job training and hopefully that that helps their development. And hopefully he's seeing it that way. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Listen, these guys know, and it's an opportunity, right? Anytime you're given an opportunity to play in the NHL, you're pumped for it. You have yeah. the ability to either solidify your spot or not solidify it, and so it's up to you. And Craig Bruby's easy to play for; he really is. Go out there and compete. Show him you care, and guess what? You're going to get a chance. Well, I tell you what, let's do this, guys. We we're, we're running a little low on time, and we've still got a bunch of emails. But why don't we? Do one more email, and then we'll save the rest for the next podcast for next week. Works for um, me. And honestly, I just want to thank everybody for sending them in because not only are you sending in emails, but you're sending in quality emails. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, they're great questions that, you know, we're, we're enjoying answering. Um, hey, guys, love the podcast. Over the last three to four years, I started getting into hockey more. Still learning all the rules and stuff. Got a question. This from Jared. Why does someone get thrown out of the face-off circle, and what actually counts as a shot on the shot count. Those are two great freaking questions. And also, because I always wonder that too, because you'll see the, they'll, they'll, you'll see them. I just shocked the bejesus Christ. You can Christ tell that we're myself. getting to the end here. Ow. Go ahead. He uh, just but, shocked himself. But, yeah. but, I, but like when they go to the dot and they're getting ready to drop the puck, I always want to know what the ref is saying to the players. Like, because it every time I just want to yell at the ref, but I'm sure it's actually the players doing something there. So talk about that. What's going on there? Well, the referee's usually telling them to square up. Okay. So that you don't have a player standing sideways, giving him an advantage to pull the puck, uh, pull the puck one way or the other. Okay. And he's telling you to get the sticks down because if you have your stick in the air, it's a distinct advantage to just swoop down with it. So if you have your stick on the ice, now you have to lift it. It get, it creates a fair face-off. Sure. So that's what the ref is doing. He's saying, okay, square up, square up, sticks down, and he'll drop the puck quick. He usually doesn't try to screw around. But what happens is players don't, or they keep jumping like they're cheating, right? I mean, sure. hey, if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? right? So the players are cheating, so he'll try to tell them to you know, settle them down, and then maybe somebody creeps into the circle that creates an advantage. Like if one of the wingers or defensemen decides he, all of a sudden he's two feet away from the faceoff. Yeah. Because just kind of like, gliding. Yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah. okay, no, you're out. You drop, know, it, and drop it, drop it, Anytime there's an infraction on a faceoff, the centerman gets kicked out. Reason being is because... He's your sentiment. You lose your advantage then of having your number one guy take the face off. It's supposed to be a punishment. So that's what it is. Guys keep moving. They won't listen to what the referee's saying. Usually square up or put the sticks down. And the referees, trust me, they don't want to screw around. They want you to just – they. if you watch them, they'll say, okay, you know, square up, square up, sticks down. And as soon as those sticks touch the ice or even come close to it, he'll throw it down. Right. Now you get some – jerks who sit there and they want to just like they pump fake and like oh <laughs> right. and then the referees realize it and sometimes they'll step back and like 
like pat their own chest and be like, okay, that one's on me. Right, right. Sure. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know? there's, there's, a, there's an order between the sticks going down, right, or not? Yes. The um, It used to be the home team guy got to put his stick on the ice second, and now it's in the defensive zone. Okay, that's what the defending was. center can put his stick down second. Okay. So, but the, the trick is to come in and make it look like if you're the other team who has to put your stick down first, make it look like you've got it like down on the ice so that it's, optically it looks like it's there. And then as you see the other guy's stick go down, now you start your motion because you know the referee's going to drop About it. About right. It's a timing so, thing. So the, it's a timing. It's a cheating. Whatever you want to. It's a talent for sure. But that's where the referee is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're out of here. All right, finally, just one more from Jared, and that is about the uh, what, what the count on the official shot on goal. Yeah, um, anything that's on goal, man. Like, if you take a ripper from center ice, it counts as a shot on goal. Now, if you flip it in from center ice and it bounces and gets to the net, sometimes they won't count it. Um, but anything that the goalie has to make a save on, or anything that goes in the net is a shot on net. If it hits the post or the crossbar, uh, it is not a shot on goal. All right. Wow. Literally is on the goal, but it's not a shot, a shot on goal. I've always wondered that, too. <laughs> Maybe because it's shot on goalie and not goal. It's No, it's shot on goal. Are you Definitely. sure? Maybe I, we just ran out of paper or something? Yeah. Maybe, Jeff. I mean, you know what? That's a good project for you. Thank you. I'll go check it out. Go see do you that guys. this weekend, right, okay? It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, <laughs> Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, former Blue defenseman and uh, on air with the fast lane on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers. We will be back next week. As always, keep those emails coming. LMBP at 1057thepoint.com. And as always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.